Welcome to Match of the Year Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher J. Garcia. And as is often the case, NXT TakeOver from Phoenix blew away the main pay-per-view. That actually may not be entirely true. The main pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble, had a couple of good matches and actually set some really interesting stuff up. But TakeOver had what, in my eyes, is the best match of the year so far. And yes, I have seen Tanahashi versus... The match between Ricochet and Johnny Gargano was every bit as phenomenal as the Will Ospreay-Ricochet matches of 2016, 17, 18. With an added layer, it's that Gargano is the single best foil, I guess, in the world. He sells better than almost anyone. The only person I can think of coming close is Kento Miyahara uh, in All Japan who is also phenomenal and does not get the respect he deserves. But he also does the little things so well. And in particular, what he does better than literally anyone I can think of in the history of wrestling is he inserts his spots in a realistic way while not being realistic. His reversals are some of the best I've ever seen. His transitions between moves is great. And that's what also Ricochet is very interested in. He does these very interesting transitions that are very quick, but they make sense. His selling's great, too. He has sort of that Terry Funk uh, rubber neck vibe at times that just absolutely brutally sells a punch. There are very few people, I think, who are better met as to be a match against one another. Where this match was the best, was in the moments where they interacted, where they wanted to get across a stalemate. They didn't quite do the mirror spots thing that's so popular in uh, Mexican matches, Lucha, but they also didn't hold back from that. They did very impressive work as a team that was, and not a team, as a pair of opponents that were working towards a match that both told a story but also got over each performer's individual talent. There were some great flying moments. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's Ricochet. But Gargano had his wonderful reversals, had his amazing transitions into submissions. uh, Literally watching him do it is great. He must at least a little bit be working with Ronda Rousey because she shows some of that in her... Transitions into submission hold. And at her experience level, that's incredibly rare. There's some beautiful back and forth. At no point did I think that the match was going to end without a without sort of that moment that defined the match. And sadly, that's one thing that a lot of, I think, matches are missing. Is they build towards the fourth or fifth finish. Finisher in particular. And you kind of saw that in Ciampa versus Aleister Black, which was also a really good match. You definitely saw that in the War Raiders versus the Undisputed Era because they did the kick out of the high-low, which is never supposed to happen. But this idea that a finisher isn't a finisher anymore, that's a problem. Young Bucks, I'm looking in your general direction. One of the bigger problems, I think, though, is that... You can't sell like you used to anymore and still have the audience connect in a way 
that I'm not going to say feels legitimate because that's definitely not the thing I'm going for, but that doesn't feel forced. And Gargano is phenomenal at selling in a way that feels like it is, if not naturalistic, that moves forward the storytelling. And that that's really utterly key. Super solid work. The match never really slows. And if you compare it to the first Ciampa match, where there's the moment where Ciampa is sitting down and Gargano is there, and it's it's that obvious moment that defined what that match was between the two. You had that moment multiple times. The moment was when either of them escaped out of a big hold and stood there with the look. It is the idea, this entire match, in my eyes, revolves around a single idea. That these are two men alike in stature, but different aspects of the sort of power that is necessary to become the champion. And this was about the belt, and that is something that has not been the best when it comes to NXT, is making things about the belt. Does it happen occasionally? Sure. But for the most part, a match is about the grudge between the two people. And here it was about two people with an eye towards the belt and what it means. And that is one very refreshing. It brings me back to, not so much to the 80s, but to things like the the matches between all those legends of the 70s, 80s, even in the 90s, where you had great work going on. That was ultimately to prove which of the people involved were better, stronger, faster, whatever. And what ended up happening is at the end of the match, we got a clear winner. Does Ricochet have a whole lot that he can move off, move forward with from it? Absolutely. Ricochet has already been established as a huge future star. And he should be moving up into a reign with the NXT title, if not going to the main roster. I kind of hope he does go to the main roster first. I hope they don't stick him at 205 Live, although a match with Murphy, who in my eyes, the first, the best match on the main card, was the four-way with uh, Tommy Murphy. Who were the other two? Sin Cara? Kalisto? I don't quite remember. I just remember it was an amazingly fast, innovative, smart match on the pre-show. But it was a great match also. And I cannot fault them for putting on such a phenomenal match. And I think Ricochet as a singles is a great idea. Even though he's actually, he's kind of built in the mold of a Bobby E. In that his stuff, he's a good worker on his own. But as the, I don't want to say flavoring, but as the the punctuation member of a tag team, he's phenomenal. The one who provides what the team is known for. This match between Gargano and, and Ricochet is a match of the year quality match. And I'm going to be talking about it at the end of the year unless there's something phenomenal. Although, there's always G1. But then again, they are losing Omega, they're losing Kushida. So New Japan's not hurting, per se. Because if you look at their talent, when you have Okada, Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr., Jay White, how can you say they're losing a lot of talent? But then again, who knows what the future will hold. Thanks for listening to Match of the Year podcast. I'm Chris Garcia. We'll be back probably next week with a look at a couple of matches that I really wanted to sort of compare because they sort of have the same formula.
And I think you'll be surprised when you hear that one is a New Japan match from the 1990s, and the other one is a WWE match from the 2010s. So stay tuned. <laughs> 